Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, October 3rd, which means that today is the birthday of Dr. Gary L. Hall, also the birthday of Canaan Ward. We want to wish both of these a happy birthday. I hope that you'll especially remember Brother Hall in prayer today and pray that God strengthen him and bless him and give him a good day in the Lord. Amen. Well, I don't have a lot of time before we go to the message. I do have a couple of songs before we get there. We began a message on yesterday. We're going to continue throughout the week entitled When Jesus and the Scriptures Are Sometimes Silent. But first, here's a couple of songs and then the message. All right, we're ready to look back in the scripture again. We are looking at these three texts that we began on yesterday's broadcast with. We're looking in Matthew chapter number 26, verses 62 and 63. Also, Luke chapter number 23, verses 8 and 9. And then John chapter 19, verses 8 and 9 as well. Beginning here in the book of Matthew. As I said, we began a message on yesterday's broadcast that we're going to continue throughout this week that we've entitled, Why Jesus and the Scriptures Are Sometimes Silent. Now, there's a principle over all this. I dealt with it yesterday. I'm going to introduce it today, and it'll be for the whole program. There's a principle. Jesus met with people on their level. When their mind was made up, Jesus answered them not a word And that's what we're looking at in the scriptures this week. Now, today we're going to ask the question, is it wrong for God not to give an answer? And I've got three particular reasons why I believe he doesn't give an answer. First of all, if you approach God with prejudice or stubbornness, I don't think he's going to give you an answer. And that's what we're going to look at today. And then we'll get those other two later on in the program. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live in the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. I'm going to read from three different texts. Matthew chapter number 26 and verse number 62. I want to read just a couple of verses here. And the high priest arose and said unto him, he's talking to Jesus, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses, or which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell me whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Now in Luke chapter number 23, and I want to read verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, "When And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words. Look at this phrase. But he answered him nothing. I don't know if you noticed, but in Mark or Matthew 26, he says there, but Jesus held his peace. That's what it said there in verse 63. Here he answered him nothing. Now look at John chapter number 18 or 19 and verse number 8 and 9. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid and went unto the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, whence art thou? Look at this phrase. But Jesus answered, but Jesus gave him no answer. 
I want to preach on those three texts this morning. But Jesus held his peace, but he answered him nothing, but Jesus gave him no answer. I want to try to preach this morning on why Jesus and the Scriptures are sometimes silent. Pilate's conscience had already smitten him. His wife's conscience had smitten her and she'd sent word to Pilate. And so Pilate, deep down in his heart, I personally believe he was convinced this man standing before me is the king of the Jews. They say that when a man was crucified, that it was common that they would put their their accusation or they would put their uh, their charge of their crime for why they were killed. They'd put that there. And Pilate wrote, here's, here's what he's guilty of. He's guilty of being the king of the Jews. That's what he's guilty of. Pilate was convinced of that. But he wasn't going to accept any answers from Jesus. He wasn't his king. It's as if Pilate said he might be the king of the Jews, but he's not my king. And I have no part with him. I have no part in him. And therefore, Jesus gave him no answer. Amen. And so, since he had refused to believe the truth, Jesus refused to repeat it to him. And I say this, and, and I'm, I'm getting ready to move on. But just a note, I want you to take note of that. This is the scary part right here. Because if you reject Christ today as these did, you may never hear Him speak to you again. He may not speak to you tomorrow. He may not speak to you next week. He may never speak to you again. So in in this, I want to say that Jesus today is not physically standing among us. I recognize that. But His Word's being preached. And He speaks through His Word and He speaks through preaching. Amen. You can't ask him a question as far as face-to-face to Jesus. But I can say he can speak to you through his word. Amen. You can search the scriptures for answers. And you can call on God in prayer for answers. And through the preaching of the word of God, you can get answers if you'll listen and heed and hear. Amen. So, I say some people, they don't hear God speaking through the Bible. They don't hear God speaking through the preaching. Amen. It's as if... God's silent to them. I want to ask you a question. Is, wrong, is God wrong? Is it wrong of God to be silent to them? You know the answer. No. God can never be wrong. And He is not wrong. Amen. God's not wrong. God's not capricious. He's not unreliable. He's not fickle. Amen. No. Our God is a, is a faithful, true God. Amen. So It's amazing to me. People look in the Bible. So many people find Valuable answers to life's problems in the King James Bible. Maybe they're not in a church. Maybe they're in a motel room and they just find that Gideon Bible. By the way, why is it that these atheists are so scared just of a Bible laying in a, in a nightstand in a motel room? Why? Because some people do find answers in their Bible. God does speak to some people through the written pages of the Word of God. And God speaks to people through the preaching of the Word of God. And people do get answers from that. And some get answers from hearing the preaching. Well, why is it that some do and others don't? That's that's really what I'm thinking about in, in my message today. And can I say to you, I think the difference is in the approach, just like it was with our Lord. It depends on how you come to Christ, how you come to the Bible, how you come to preaching. Amen. For example, and we see this just in life. I'll give you this example. I got several that I could give. Somebody's walking in a in an art museum. I never have been all excited about art museums because I'm not an art connoisseur. I don't, you know, I just not. Maybe I'm not educated enough, or I'm not finesse uh, enough, or what? I don't know. But one person can look at a piece of art, and it's just well, that's a that's a pretty picture. But somebody that knows something about it, they know how hard it is to produce something like that. 
They know the hours of labor that go into producing something like that. They know the skill that is involved in producing something like that. They can stand and look at it for hours and be amazed at the intricate details and pull out all kinds of things, walk away from it, remember it, and, and maybe the rest of us never do. The difference is in the approach that they make to that. Amen. Uh, here's another illustration. Now, just be walking in, in the park or step out in your yard. There's a bird in the tree. Yeah, well, it's just a bird in the tree. Maybe to most of us that's right. But to some people, they know what kind of bird that is. They know how rare it is for them to be in this climate. Amen. They know something about its natural habitat and then the way that it produces and reproduces. And they know all that. And, and to them, they, they get there running, get their binoculars and they want to look at it even closer. And they, they get all excited about watching a bird. It's because of the approach that they take to it. And, and again, those are just easy things that we can look at and recognize whether or not we're interested in it. But those examples, they're secular, but they still give us an understanding. Uh, and, and, and we could multiply, multiply different examples about it. But I want to look at the spiritual moral reasons. Why it looks like that God might speak to people through the Bible at times and then other times not. And why that Christ may speak to some and then be silent to others. I've got three points I want to point out tonight or today, if I can, and I'll be done with these three points. First of all, and I'll give you all three to start with. I want to talk about if you approach the Bible or you approach God with prejudice or stubbornness, you may not get an answer. Number two, if you approach God with the pleasure and indulgence of sin, you may not get an answer. And if you approach God with a philosophy of skepticism, you may not get an answer. I want to talk about those three approaches because they're more common than you think they are, probably, in our life. And I believe these are the approaches these three cases that I read to you uh, deal with. First of all, the approach of prejudice or stubbornness. With a mind already made up, I mentioned that's all these already had that as far as that is concerned. They already had that. And so uh, I believe that's the case probably of all three of these, but particularly in the case there in Matthew chapter number 26, in the case of Caiaphas and the scribes and the elders of Israel, they had already predetermined that this man's going to die. Messiah or not, they're going to kill him. Whether they can trip him up with his own words. By the way, Caiaphas already knew that these witnesses were false witnesses. He already knew that. So why did Jesus have to defend himself if Caiaphas already knew? By the way, Jesus already knew that Caiaphas already knew that these witnesses were false. Amen. Amen. And so they'd already made up their mind. They didn't care what Jesus said about it. Didn't care what the facts came out, what crimes might be, what lies might have to be invented in the process. They're going to crucify the Lord. Amen. They could not... Listen, because they loved darkness... Rather than light, they could not stand the light shining in their presence. You know what Jesus was doing all the time he's walking? He's doing good. He wasn't hurting nobody. Except he was hurting the Pharisees and the scribes and their crowd. Because they were living lies. They were a bunch of hypocrites. Amen. They were laying laws on everybody else that they themselves weren't keeping. And Jesus was upsetting their boat because he's shining light on them. He's calling them a bunch of hypocrites. He's declaring unto them, you're wrong. And by the way, he's showing them what's right. And they didn't want to know what's right. By the way, if you want to convince yourself you're right, you don't want to see what really is right. Amen. 
You'll turn your back, you'll turn up your nose, you'll scoff. Amen. You'll put blinders on, you'll refuse to see what really is right if you want to convince yourself that you are right. And that's what happened to these scribes and Pharisees and Caiaphas representing the whole crowd. The light was shining and they wanted to do their best to snuff out the light. They wanted to enjoy their darkness. They had connived for months. They'd tried to trip him up in words and ways over and over again. And they were at a loss of finding something to bring against him. And now they've got him betrayed into their midst. Judas took the price. Judas betrayed the Lord into their midst. And so now they're, they're trying their best to find something they can pervert, something they can twist to convert to their cause. Amen. Let me just say this too, and I'll move on, but this is also true in our relationships. Not, this is not, this is not sacred. I'm not talking about religious, although it fits religious, but I'm talking about just your relationship with somebody else. If you have an alt against somebody, and you're prejudiced against them, then I'll take, then even going and talking, even answering them, you can go up to them and say, listen, brother, I know, I know you don't like me. Why in the world is it you don't like me? It don't matter what he says once I've convinced myself of that. I can say, well, he said he was sorry, but he didn't really mean it. He didn't act like he really meant it. He didn't come to me, right? In other words, I'm saying, in our, if we're prejudging in our own mind, and we've got our own stubbornness, then whatever they say, we're going to be against it. If you make up your mind, I, that preacher ain't going to have nothing for me, then I won't. Amen. If you make up your mind, well, I, I don't believe what he said, then you'll never believe what's being said. And it works in our own mind. The person that is resolved to believe no good thing about somebody else will never find a good thing about those people because that's the way they approach it. Amen. Matter of fact, and you've seen it. You've seen it in families. When families get in an argument, they'll either find something or they will imagine something or they will make up something to be offended at. I've told you a story about when I was a boy, there's a lady left the church there that my dad was pastoring and... She sent word later, she said the reason she left, that on one Saturday she she's crossing the street in town, saw my dad, and he didn't even throw up his hand. And uh, dad said to the person that told him that, he said, you send her word back and say, if anybody ought to be offended, it ought to be me. Because she said she saw me, I never even saw her. <laughs> Amen. So sometimes people will just come up with, and, and, it, and, and by the way, that is not, that's not necessarily pernicious, it's just depraved humanity. That's how it works. That's how human beings work. Amen. And when you bring that to your approach to the Bible, or you bring that to your approach to preaching, you're not going to hear from God. You're not going to hear the answers that you need to hear so desperately. Amen. I've thought about a lot of different things that I've seen, and and, and you know, people will uh, will throw up and different things that preconceived notions are many times self-fulfilling prophecies. Amen. I say that again because it's true. Preconceived notions are often self-fulfilling prophecies. We often see exactly what we're looking for. That's one reason why we ought never be surprised or confused when somebody with a high, quote-unquote, high degree of education say they can't find any answers in the Bible. Is because they approach it skeptically. They approach it prejudice against the Bible. They approach it with stubbornness. Amen. They, amen. Just like they, they, because they're blinded to those things, they cannot see good things even when good is put right in front of them. Amen. They, they might not express any joy 
about the things that we say is music to our ears. Amen. Just like they were singing that song, there's a record book, my name is written in. Some of us got to rejoicing in that. I guarantee you there's a whole lot of people out in the world who says, what is so important about that? Amen. But to those of us that know Christ, we know what's important about that. Amen. Amen. So they, they've already prejudiced their mind. They've already prejudiced their thoughts towards God. Amen. Uh, brother, brother Billy Mitchell used to say it this way. He said that a pardon is just a worthless piece of paper to a man that's never been convicted of a crime. But he said if a man finds himself sitting on death row, he said a pardon sounds mighty good. Amen. To a man that recognizes that he's lost. Amen. Thank God the gospel is good news. When a man realizes that he's lost without God and he's headed towards hell. Amen. The gospel's good news. Amen. But if you're all right and you don't need God, you're rich and increased with goods and have needs of nothing, the gospel doesn't have any appeal. You remember when Philip the evangelist, he, Philip the disciple at that time, witnessed to Nathaniel early in the calling when Jesus was calling those twelve disciples to him. Philip went and got Nathaniel and told him, we, we found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. You remember what, what uh, Nathaniel said? Prejudice in his mind, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, if he'd have kept that, he'd stayed in his darkness and his blindness. But Philip said, come and see. He didn't argue with him. He didn't try to explain it to him. He just said, come and see. And by the way, if Nathaniel had not come and saw, he never would have got what he needed. But by being willing to open his mind, perhaps, possibly, maybe there's a slight chance that I'll find what I need. He gets there and he finds more, praise God, than he bargained for. And he found out that Jesus was more than Philip told him to be. Amen. Or claimed that he was. Jesus was more than that. Amen. Can I tell you, if you'll come to the house of God, you might say, I know that I'll never get an answer. I know I'll never get any help, but maybe just I'll just go for just a slight chance. I'm telling you that sometimes is all God looks for. Amen. He'll slide in the truth. Thank God. The light will shine in, and when the light shines in, the darkness flees. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying just like these, this crowd, they approached him with prejudice and stubbornness. They didn't get any answer. But if you'll just crack the door. Amen. If you'll just give him a chance, you may find he can do more than you ever thought that he would. Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day. And God bless you.